Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Hey, y'all. Looking for a unique gift idea? Check out my book, The Humor and Birth, Stories and Insights from a Doula, for any mom in your life. She's going to receive great tips, great wisdom, tons of positive birth stories, and I promise you she'll be glad you got it for her. You can check it out on Amazon or any of my social media links. Welcome, Micah, to the Crunchy Mom Club podcast. How are you today? I am great. How are you, Erica? I am good. And I've been looking forward to, I actually always look forward to these podcast recordings, especially like post having a baby, because it's like my opportunity to talk to another adult about something other than just like, when does the baby need to eat and sleep next and all of that? It's, it's really refreshing. So I... I'm glad to have you here and I was really glad that we connected over Facebook and yeah, same. would love for you to dive in because your book is unique. I have not heard of any other person really talking about this specific component and that is the humor that's available to us in birth and yeah. that can arise. I mean, you hear about, especially if it's your first baby, everybody has something to say about pregnancy, birth, postpartum, like every topic around there, people have opinions. And so you get a lot of information, but very few people highlight that it could be funny. I mean, that that there could be actually in pregnancy too. There's a lot of humorous aspects to it. Yes. So I'm curious for you, why the humor in birth? Like why that specifically, did you want to write a book on it and make sure was talked about? Yeah. Great question. I love this question. So I will, I'm going to go all the way back to the beginning. I was 19 years old. My sister is pregnant, getting ready to have her first baby. I'm not married. I, was, I hadn't had any kids yet or anything. I know nothing. And she invited me to attend her birth. It was a home birth. And so the experience was very unique, very different from anything I'd seen on TV or read about in an article or whatever. And so there's women everywhere. You know, the midwife has her assistants. Me and my other sister are there. Um, we're in her home. Um, people are in different rooms. They're snacking. They're lounging. I mean, it's so laid back, so relaxed, right? And so I'm just like taking it all in. And at one point in the birth, she was in the bathtub. My sister was in the bathtub. And my other sister and I were in there with her. And there were candles lit. It was just very peaceful atmosphere. And we're just kind of all hanging out and chatting between contractions. And, and she gets to this one contraction, Erica, and she is like so intense and it, she's kind of gyrating a little bit and like, she's trying to get out of the tub and she's pointing and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is it. Like, this is what you see in the <laughs> movies. This is crazy. And I'm like, calm down. Everything's okay. Just breathe, just breathe. And I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know anything. I'm not a doula yet just breathe. You're good. It's all good. It's all okay. And she's just like, it's so intense. And she's pointing. And finally at the tail end of this really hard contraction, she blurts out, your shorts are on fire. So we turn and look and my other sister, Amelia was leaning up against the bathtub and one of the candles caught her shorts on fire. And we all start panicking we're scooping water out of the tub to try to put the fire out in her shorts and then we look at each other and we all just start dying laughing I mean it was the most hysterical scene you've ever heard of okay so that whole experience that whole home birth experience including her shorts catching on fire really did set me up for what birth what childbirth can look like this setting was so 
I don't know, it felt like a sorority house in a lot of respects. We're just hanging out. She bebops from one room to the next. You know, so that calm experience that just made it feel super, super normal. And then this very funny interaction between my sisters and I, it relieved some of the daunting unknowns for my sister who was in labor. It actually allowed her to kind of come down a little bit. It kind of took the lid off the pressure cooker. And even at 19, knowing nothing, I recognized that the, the, the lightheartedness of it, the being able to laugh in the middle of it made us feel, made us all feel normal. Everything's okay. I mean, we're just, we're just having a baby (laughs) is what it made it feel like. I know that that birth experience really did set me up well for my own uh, births. Uh, I had five home births um, first, and then my last one was an emergency C-section at 27 weeks. So totally different uh, experience, but my first five were at home. I think supporting her in a very, very little that I knew is what catapulted me towards becoming a doula later in life. And then, yeah, I mean, ever since then, every birth I attend, even my own births, I'm very aware of the lighthearted moments. I'm very aware of the humorous things that can take place. I mean, uh, the funny things that these husbands can say or do throughout birth, if you recognize those moments, if you embrace that lighthearted, enjoyable inside joke, right? Between the contraction, it it reminds you that, oh, right, I'm, I'm having a baby with this person that I love. I'm not dying. Everything is okay. We're still ourselves. We just told this inside joke. It just changes uh, the mood and the atmosphere. And I find that my clients really do draw strength from those moments because it reminds them that they're a normal person giving birth. Oh, there's a lot of things that came up for me as you were talking there. I think, yeah, because, okay. So let me, I want to just know your opinions on these things because I, I had a free birth. So it was just my husband and my mom present and in the free birth world, like the diehard free birthers, there's a lot of emphasis on women historically would even go out into like the woods by themselves and not birth with anybody around. And so not that there's a push to do that necessarily, but I mean, I've heard a lot of stories of women doing that. Right. And, and then yet on the other kind of like, if you pull back a little bit less crunchy or whatever, like if you go back a couple of degrees, there's the people who say like, it is actually promotive of better outcomes if you have a support team. So what, I'm just really curious what your take on that is, as far as, is it who it is in your relationship to him? Or even some people would go as far as to say, like, men shouldn't be a part of it at all. That's really not natural. Like also historically speaking, we would have been surrounded by a group of multi-generational women who would have handled all of the, the birthing process. And so this idea of like men now coming in and like doing hip squeezes and all these things is kind of interfering with the female process. So I'm just curious what your take on that is having attended so many births and had your own six births, but five at home. What do you think about people being there, people not being there, husbands being a part of it? Yeah. So my answer is going to be because of my vast experiences, not only with my own births, but attending other people's births, hospital births, home births. I mean, I'm just the gamut. My answer truly is, it is up to that individual woman. I do not believe there is one right way to give birth. I think that that is actually, uh, could potentially be harmful for people to just stay in, in this one lane and decide this is the only way, the best way for a woman to give birth. I just don't think that's true. In fact, I know it's not true because I've encountered too many people that want different things. You know, they, some people are like, Hey, when I give birth, I don't want any talking. I want the lights down low. Don't touch me. I'll let you know if I need something. Okay. Great. I mean, that fits you go for it, do it. Right. 
in my home births, I had a slew of people there. And I was not by myself. It was not just me and my husband and my midwife. There was typically at least, I mean, I'm thinking of the birth that had the least amount of people, not counting Levi, who's my emergency C-section, five people. That's the least amount I've ever had in a birth. And, and for myself, I'm an extrovert and I really draw from other people. I really, really do. It is better. Like when I think, when I'm processing, if I need to make a decision, I need to say it out loud with someone. Even if I come up with the answer all on my own, it helps me process better. If I go inward, I get too low, almost not totally depressed, but I feel alone when I go inside. And I didn't want to feel alone in my birth. I wanted to feel the power of other people there cheering me on, singing my praises, watching me accomplish this amazing thing and, and just their energy spurred me to the end. But that's what I needed, right? That Because that's who I am as a person. Um, we've had people hire, I say we, because I have a team of doulas. I've had a team of doulas working for me for many years. And we'll have clients now that are giving birth in the hospital and they hire us because they don't want to decide anything. They are not wanting a all natural birth. They're giving birth in the hospital. They know they're going to get the epidural. They literally just want someone there to hold their hand, tell them what's going on and tell them what to do. I mean, that's kind of this new swing. You know, most people would not think to hire a doula if you're gonna sign up for the epidural. But this person was so afraid and so scared. I mean, even in the uh, childbirth class that we do for all of our clients and we're trying to talk to her about some things, she's like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not kidding you guys. I don't want to know anything. Stop trying to prepare me. I'm checking out. Y'all are just going to tell me what to do. Okay. That's very extreme. I've never had anyone else like her. And now a word from our sponsors. Face it. Shaker bottles suck. Your protein shakes always come out clumpy and you look like an idiot using the thing. That's why I decided to ditch the shaker bottle for good and get myself a blend jet to portable blender. It makes perfectly blended protein shakes in just 20 seconds. Blend jet two is portable. So you can even blend up a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym, or even a margarita on the beach. It's small enough to fit in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease. Blendjet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning smoothing without waking up the whole house. Lasts for 15 blends and recharges quickly via USB-C. Best of all, Blendjet 2 cleans itself. Just blend water with a drop of soap and you're good to go. With over 30 colors and patterns to choose from, I chose lavender. What are you waiting for? Go to blendjet.com and grab yours today. Be sure to use your promo code doula12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the Blendjet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with Blendjet 2 Portable Blender. Go to blendjet.com and use the code doula12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Shop today and get the best deal ever. Did you know that dehydration is the leading cause of daytime fatigue? I was shocked to learn that even mild hydration can cause headaches, muscle weakness, and brain fog. But luckily, there's a solution. Cure. Today, Cure is on a mission to help people stay hydrated and feel their best without compromising on quality, taste, or sustainability. Cure believes that hydration should be simple and effective, but also clean and natural. That's why they use only the highest quality plant-based ingredients and avoid any artificial or harmful additives. They're committed to transparency and honesty. All of their ingredients are clearly listed on the website and packaging, and they're always happy to answer any questions or concerns. Ready to combat dehydration? Try Cure today and feel the difference for yourself. Use code DULA for 20% off your order. Did you know that you could be putting oil and chemicals in your coffee? I love coffee creamer, but I don't think I ever turn the bottle around to actually see what's inside. 
When I did, I found out many of my favorite creamers contain ingredients I would never intentionally add to my coffee cup, like canola oil, dipotassium phosphate, ugh, and artificial flavors. Laird Superfood all started when big wave surfer Laird Hamilton needed morning fuel that could allow him to spend the entire day chasing the ultimate wave. He couldn't find anything in the market that met his ingredient standards, so made himself the ultimate plant-based creamer. Laird Superfood started and launched its first product, Original Superfood Creamer, in 2015. Laird started experimenting with his morning ritual almost two decades ago. He found that when he started adding fats to his morning cup like coconut oil, he had amazing energy throughout the rest of his day. He gradually perfected his recipe for an epic cup of fuel and began sharing it with his friends in the surf community. They've got functional superfood creamers, instant lattes, and prebiotic greens. Are you ready to feel more energized, focused, and supported? Go to LairdSuperfood.com and add nourishing plant-based foods to fuel you from sunrise to sunset. Use your promo code DULA at checkout to save 15% of your purchase today. Are you tired of the same old boring puzzles? Mix things up with Wongo Puzzles. Each puzzle is a custom design with intricate patterns and whimsical shapes that will keep you engaged for hours. Plus, their eco-friendly materials and commitment to sustainability make Wongo puzzles a guilt-free way to unwind. They are 100% wooden puzzles that last forever. Each piece is hand-drawn, so no two pieces are the same, and you'll discover some fun, whimsy pieces as you work through it. They come in a custom wooden box, which is perfect for storage and gifting. With stunning designs and unique shapes, Wongo puzzles are a cut above the rest. What are you waiting for? Go to wongopuzzles.com and pick your puzzle today. And be sure to use the promo code DULA to get 10% off your order. This is the most fun you've had with a puzzle guaranteed or your money back. Go to wongopuzzles.com and use the code DULA to get your 10% off your order and get puzzling right now. That is how she wanted to do it. She knew herself. She wasn't even sure she wanted to have kids. And so now she finds herself pregnant and she's just like, the only way I'm going to be able to do it is this way right here. That's the only way I'm going to be able to accomplish it. And so we were there for that. We were there to support her and whatever it looks like. So I have, you know, even though I started my childbirth journey with my own very natural experiences that were so positive. And that's what I wanted for everyone. I wanted everyone to have that experience because it was so good. And that's how I started in my career. And at first it was very difficult for me to support someone who wanted something different. It, I was like trying to wrap my head around it. But what I saw is that that is a disservice to my clients for me to have an agenda and to decide what is best for you. This is a grown woman. And I want her to feel her power to choose whatever she chooses, not just her power to choose a very specific birth, but her power to choose whatever she wants to choose. And my experience means that my experience is now what I see is that is what equals a positive birth experience. It is not about the outcome because I have too many clients that have ended in a C-section who will tell you. They had a positive birth experience, even though that was the last thing they wanted. And it's because the way that we approached this birth is that, look, this birth is all about you. It's all about you and your baby and what your body and this baby and this birth dictates. It is not about uh, a goal for a very specific outcome. And it can only be that way in order for me to be happy, right? So when something shifts in birth, something that has to shift, and we're trying to catch up mentally and emotionally to this shift, if the only way she can be happy and have a positive experience is if it goes this one way, then there are going to be thousands and thousands of women that feel traumatized by their birth experience because it had to go a certain way in order for them to be okay. I'm just telling you what I've seen personally um, is that 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 sticks with someone way too long, the, the trauma that they've experienced. And, and I'm talking about when it's actually, there's no trauma involved. I'm, I'm not talking about, you know, 
mom is struggling in her, uh, her life is at stake. Her baby's life is at stake. I'm not talking about that. That is serious trauma. Okay. There is real trauma in birth. Okay. But I'm talking about someone who it just didn't go exactly the way they wanted it to. And I've really found that when I help my clients in the middle of the childbirth experience, help them shift mentally so they can catch up. Then when birth is over, they don't feel traumatized. They don't feel like something was done to them. And what she's able to say is I made the choice for myself. I was able to say, yes, no, where I get it. And she's a part of the conversation. And now she knows what she wants. Yes. I want baby to be safe. Let's go get baby. I'm great with a C-section. And that's why she doesn't feel like she was traumatized or something was done to her because she was a part of the conversation and understood what was happening. And, and that's kind of the benefit of having a doula and a support person there. That would be my number one tip for anyone. If you have access to a doula, grab it. Lots of doulas. There's lots of doulas out there that will, will attend a free birth. That would be my number one suggestion. Obviously I'm a doula and I know what the benefits are to having someone there. When I mentioned about the trauma there are so many things surrounding childbirth that need to be talked about. Um, things that can go wrong. Um, when someone is being bullied into something they don't really want and it's not necessary. Um, not feeling like you have all of the options or all of the facts and you're not prepared and you just didn't make the choices that you would have made if you had been more prepared, right? Okay, so there's Lots of things to talk about in that way. And women that actually lose their babies during childbirth. I mean, that those things need to be talked about and they are being talked about. And so for me, where I saw something, what was missing, in my opinion, in the birthing world and what I feel like actually uh, one of the things that also needs to be talked about is this idea that birth can be normal. It can be enjoyable. It can be positive. There are lighthearted and even funny moments. I am certainly not saying that childbirth is hilarious start to finish. No, none of mine were. <laughs> I've never seen that before. It's hysterical from start to finish. No, no, no. There And there are some births, Erica, that are serious from the word go. And there was nothing lighthearted about it. It was intense the whole time. Okay. So I'm also not saying every single birth is going to have that. What I am saying though, is that throughout the birth experience, when you're able to recognize and embrace and use those moments that are lighthearted, that are enjoyable, that could be funny. It really does strengthen you mentally and emotionally. And, and it can oftentimes give this new found burst of energy and desire. Uh, because like I said earlier, it's kind of like taking the lid off the pressure cooker. And so I just want to highlight this. I want, it's not being talked about. I know that it's unique and that's on purpose. Um, I want my, my thoughts on this and my experiences, the insights and the wisdom that I have about this particular topic. I want that to be out there. So my book, The Humor in Birth, Stories and Insights from a Doula, even though I'm highlighting humorous things, there's also a ton of information in there. Lots of tips. Um, you can actually hear me coaching because I'm relaying live stories, right? That I, births that I've attended or even my own birth. And so I'm telling you the things that I've said, the things that I've done. And so you can even hear that as well. So lots of first time moms will uh, reach out to me and say, I got so much out of this. Not only was I laughing, I also cried because some of these stories are so sweet, but I learned so much. And so it's a really enjoyable way to get educated um, about childbirth and, and all the many different ways that you can have a baby because there's not an agenda. I don't believe there is one right way for every single person uh, to have a baby. So that part's been really um, rewarding to know that it has been beneficial and an educational tool as well. And then anyone that's reading my book that's already had kids, um, they find that reading the book, they're like, I'm not alone in my experience. Oh my goodness, I totally related to this right here. And when you explained it the way that you explained it, I feel so much better about it. I'm like, oh, yay, that makes me so happy. I want, I want people to glean from this and feel positive. Um, after they've read the book and, and either ready to tackle their birth or 
actually received some healing from past births. So yeah, it's been really rewarding. Hmm. I love that you highlight that this is my like summary of what I'm hearing is that the ideal birth is, is the one that where the, the mother, the birthing mother feels like what she wants is honored and what matters to her is, is put at the top, you know, and that does look so different for every person. I I think of, this is kind of, I don't know if this is like a super relevant comparison, but I think about how some people hire like a videographer for their birth and like looking back on mine, I'm like, I cannot imagine if I, (laughs) if I had someone with like a camera following me around while I was giving birth, that would have driven me crazy. It would have been so annoying to me, but for other people, that is their most prized possession from their birth is this video footage. And so that's just a small example of like, is it right or wrong? Whether or not you have your birth video, you know, have a video of it. It's not, you know, it's it's not your preference. And I love how you highlighted the fact of like, are you energized around people or are you energized and feel safer alone? Because for me, I think I like the fewer people, the pot, like the fewer people there were, I felt more comfortable, I think, to just let the process unfold. And especially because it was my first birth, I had no idea what was going to happen. I mean, in your book, you talk about all these kind of funny things that are a part of labor often, like for instance, the pooping thing, which nobody (laughs) tells you, like, I think I had read in one book of tons of pregnancy books and I'd listened to so many podcasts and nobody mentions this except for like, I, I think I read it one time. And so it was kind of in the back of my head, but I mean, that's a, just a, an example of like, right. you know, I had no idea what was going to happen. Like while I was, you know, in labor, some people vomit uncontrollably, you know? So it's right. like, I don't know that I want everybody and their mother there to like, watch me go through right. this. Right. And, and now that I've done it, I think it's really interesting what you're sharing too about, I think even the energetic support from other women is different than your, if you're, you know, with a male partner, it's different than what they can offer. I mean, my husband in those serious moments gets pretty subdued and like pretty few words. And as I mean, I think that's why there's not a lot of male doulas, honestly, because I I just think their ability to reach in and know how to encourage is different than a woman's. And I think even, I mean, I know a lot of doulas, there are a lot of doulas who haven't even given birth, but I think that connection, just the female to female connection does matter. And so I I'm just, as you're talking, I'm reflecting, like if I'm to give birth again, I wonder what it would be like to have my sister there or to have like one other woman support just purely not because I need them to do anything, but just to have their like presence there as an encouragement. Yes, yes. I, I almost, cause mine was really intense too. Like once I went into like active labor, it was like 9 PM until the next morning at almost eight o'clock when my baby was born, the whole thing was just so intense. And I actually think it would have been helpful if I had something to kind of break it up like a little right. bit, right. because it just felt so intense. Like I said, so you know, that's the thing we get to kind of create the experience that we're looking Absolutely. for and then also be willing, I think to hold it lightly. Like I heard, I heard it said before I gave birth that like the way you live is how you're going to give birth or something like that. Like the way you live yeah. is how you're going to give birth. And that resonated for, for me because I have a hard time going with the flow. I'm a, I'm a more rigid type of person who loves schedules and routine and predictability and anything can happen in labor. So, so I think it does require a a quality of being able to recognize when something might be shifting and to go with it. Because for me, I had read so many positive birth books, which usually they, they say, that's a great thing, you know, like read only the good stories, (laughs) right? Don't get yourself all afraid and read the horror stories. Don't let your friend tell you about their tragic birth when you're pregnant. I mean, people talk about this. So I read all the super positive orgasmic pain-free birth books, which is great. But I actually felt after birth that I had failed or something was wrong with me or, Mm. or actually really I mean, at first it really felt like trauma to me, yeah. 
because I was so shocked at how painful it was because I was reading all these books and I felt like I should have been able to accomplish a pain-free birth like these other women were in their books. And that was not the case. So it really, that resonates with me too. What you were saying is like, even just like having an expectation that we're holding onto so tightly and then a different outcome actually happening can cause us to experience it as traumatic, even if it wasn't, you know, and I mean, right. not that I'm not honoring how I felt, but like several months later, I realized my birth was actually super smooth and not traumatic. Right. It was just, I expected myself to go through it painlessly and that didn't happen. So right. I had right. to integrate that and work through that. So, I mean, what you're sharing is so, is so good. And Erica, if you had had, um, if you had had a support person there, if you had had another female there that was recognizing okay, this is not going exactly the way that she thought it was going to go. Or maybe you're able to communicate her voice. Why does this hurt so bad? Or this is way harder than I thought it was going to be. Why am I not in control? Then that person would have been able to, hopefully should have been able to say, you know what? You are doing amazing. Your difficult, hard, intense contractions is what is bringing your baby here. And so let the contractions do their job. Embrace the contractions. You're you're doing it perfectly. You're breathing through them perfectly. You're going to make it to the end if you keep doing what you're doing. And your baby is going to be here soon. So don't forget to just sink into that contraction. Relax your whole body and think about baby coming down and out. And you are going to be holding your baby very soon because these contractions are so effective. This is exactly what we want. So let's say yes. When that next contraction comes, don't think, oh no, no, not another contraction. Think, yes, this is what I want. This is what's bringing my baby here. So when I say that to a client, when I say that to a loved one and they go, okay, yes, that's so good. Thank you. Now I just shifted the way they're thinking about it. Now their body is going to cooperate with how they're thinking about it mentally. And nine times out of 10, that next contraction is way easier than what it has been. You just need a reset. Sometimes you just need somebody to guide you. You need someone to say, you're, you're doing this. You are on track. A baby is coming soon. These contractions are so intense. I know what birth looks like. You are rounding the corner, my friend. You know what I'm saying? Or let's find another position. Let's get in one that's way more comfortable than this. And so that's what I love about having a support person um, is that it can really help guide you mentally. You're still doing all the work all by yourself physically. And I can find maybe some, some shifts to help it be a little bit more comfortable or not as unbearable. Then to say what, what happens for you then is, oh, she just said, I'm doing it right. Wait, she just said these contractions are good because they're strong and they're bringing my baby here. Wait, she just said, this is normal. Everything is good. Now you don't have to battle this thought of, dang it, what am I doing wrong? Shoot, why does this hurt? You don't have to battle that. I just answered that for you. You jump on board with what I'm saying and you trust my experience and you can relax a little bit more. You are not going to be as tense when you hear those words and you hear that information and you receive that praise for what you're doing. The doubts will go away. They really do. And then that causes your body to relax even more, which is what I know is what's going to bring the baby here sooner is the more you relax, the quicker it goes and the less it hurts. I know that. And so that's my goal is to help you stay in that space, help you stay in that place. And that's hard, honestly, that's hard for a woman to do that's in labor. That's very difficult to manage that on your own and take care of yourself mentally. I mean, dang it, this is hard. This hurts, you're in labor. That's difficult to do by yourself. Yeah, I I think just even somewhat, I mean, my mom had given birth, obviously. <laughs> Here I am. Right? Here you um, are. She, she, did, she had done it three times, but for whatever reason, I think, you know, we had a very different birth experience and we were very different she had all three babies in the hospital. And so there was an element she worked through, but uh, there was an element of fear that she had because she felt like I haven't done birth in this setting. So I don't know exactly what to look for and all of that. So I think maybe had, if I go through it again and she's there, she might 
it, her ability to support might be a little bit different too, um, because she's like, okay, we've done this at home before. So I, I've done it with you before. I kind of know what this looks like. But I want to go back to what you were talking about too, about birth being normal, because I feel that, and I, I watch this a lot as women around me are getting pregnant and kind of in this day and age. And it, it feels very, it feels very opposite of that. It feels like something that like, it's like, you know, you're, you find out you're pregnant, you take a test, you start to go to all these appointments. This is like the mainstream kind of way that sure. people go. And I feel like what's talked about is all the things that could go wrong, your big list of all the complications and all the things mm -hmm. you're going to have to do and all the foods you can't eat. And it's all about preparing for the worst. And I mm -hmm. think that that mentality, I don't want to say that I don't think that affects the actual outcome. I really do think it does. I think my right. mindset is hugely powerful. Absolutely. It, it doesn't feel like if this was just a normal everyday part of life, I don't think that's if, if we saw it that way, I don't think we'd be approaching it with like the list of horrors, you know, first thing out of the gate, like, yeah, you're pregnant and here's all the things that could go wrong, you know? Right. So why is that something that you think we're, we're as a society, we've kind of lost, like what has happened yes. that birth isn't seen like a normal everyday event. And how is that affecting moms that we're not talking about it in that way? Right. Exactly. You, that's an excellent point. And, and definitely I want to address it because it's so good. It's so important. Um, and I'm not going to get into the complete evolution of childbirth from the beginning of time till now, but just so y'all know, it has shifted and changed over time, over and over and over again. And it's all about what is trendy in the moment, in that day and time. It's all about that. And so that's what we have to work with. That's what we have to deal with. 30s, 40s, and 50s, what was trendy was for women to go into the hospital setting, get your drugs, um, nothing natural about it. They didn't even breastfeed. Like it was more in vogue. Like, no, you don't have to do that barbaric thing. It was, it was cleaner. It was, that was the trend. And that's what everybody was doing, especially in the States. And so now it's going to swing again. And then you're going to get a more natural approach. And, and we're kind of on that shift again, where that's becoming more, and it's more trendy to hire a doula. People weren't hiring doulas a long time ago. When I was giving birth, that we didn't really have a doula there. I just had my people there, my friends there, my family there that, you that were operating in that doula role but there wasn't that wasn't a popular common thing it was very that was not normal and giving birth at home was not normal I was a pioneer in my city honestly to be giving birth at home with a midwife and so just like everything else just like fashion and what's the newest health tip and what you should eat and not everything goes back and forth and trends and the same thing is true with birth and so what I, when I say what's normal, what I want people to hear me say is <laughs> we've been giving birth since the beginning of time. Your birth experience, someone else has also encountered. The way that babies come into this world, it's the same. Um, the fact that you are pregnant and are going to be delivering a baby, that's been happening forever. This is not a unique experience in that no one else has ever done what you're doing, right? It's not true. And so it's normal. The other thing that I mean when I say normal is because we do, especially in the States, we do still live in a time where primarily women are giving birth in the hospital setting, right? And so it is viewed as a little bit more medical and clinical, what I would love to see in the hospitals is for hospital administration to acknowledge that that labor and delivery floor is completely different than every other floor in the hospital. When people come to the hospital, it's because they're sick, there's something wrong, they're hurt, and it needs to be fixed. Something needs to happen to help them. Something is wrong and it needs to be fixed. That's why you're going to the hospital. That is not the case <laughs> in, on the labor and delivery floor. There is nothing wrong. 
most of the time they're not sick. Now, maybe somebody has a medical condition that needs to be addressed. Okay, I, I'll, I'll give you that. But for the most part, this is not a sick person coming in with something wrong that I need you to fix for me. And if the hospital administration can shift that one thing right there of how they view the labor and delivery floor and giving birth, then I think a lot of what, a lot of the things that they do as standard procedure would back up a little bit. It would be less. The view of this laboring mama coming into the hospital, the view of her as she walks in the door would be completely different. How they assist her would be completely different. You can still have, I mean, I get it the, uh, in the medical profession. I mean, there's, there's several boxes they have to check because if something were to go wrong, it's a big deal for that hospital to have an infant fatality or a mom, you know, dies on the operating table. That's a big deal. And they want to avoid it at all costs. And having been in the hospital for hundreds and hundreds of births, I know, and I've seen firsthand, and I've gotten to know these OBs and these labor and delivery nurses because they have been a part of tragedies. They never want to visit that again. They don't want to be knocking on emergency door. Someone's life is hanging in the balance. They don't want to get anywhere near that line because they've been a part of it before and it's horrible. It's horrible. And, and no, I'm never going back to that scenario again. And so they want to avoid it at all costs. And that's why they do lots of things prematurely and to intervene because they're avoiding the tragedy that they have been a part of before. And they refuse to get right up next to that again. And at, now that I know many of them, I mean, I have lunch with them, we're friends. They recommend me to their clients. They know that what I'm doing is helpful for people that are wanting to have a more natural childbirth experience in a hospital setting. I mean, it's very beneficial and they see that. And so it's great. We have this camaraderie and, and it benefits my clients because they let my clients and I do whatever we want to do. As long as mom and baby are fine, great. Go for it. Y'all let me know if you need anything. And so it's this really great experience. It is more natural. There is a lot more peace, even though we're in a clinical setting, we're bringing that natural experience into the birthing room as much as possible. That's kind of what my career has been made up of as a doula. Um, and I love it, but you're still going to have that clinical feeling. There's still monitors in the room. There's still an IV bag potentially right there waiting in the wings in case you need, you know, an emergency C-section. And now we got to pump you full of fluids. You know, there's still those things surrounding you, even if you actually don't have any interventions, medical interventions. And so what I want this group of people to understand, whether you are having your baby at home, see, if you're having a home birth, you're going to feel that childbirth is more of a normal thing right? because you're in your own home surroundings. Mm -hmm. You can walk around the block. You can eat whatever food you want. You can get in your bathtub. You can take a nap in your bed. You're going to feel more normal mm -hmm. in a home birth setting for sure. It's harder in a hospital setting. And so I think I really push that message to encourage families that, you know what, it's actually really normal to give birth. It's, it's childbirth. It's very normal. Let's try to create that atmosphere and experience as much as we can in this hospital setting. That's really where I'm coming from because 98% will still be giving birth in a hospital. Even with the rise of home births and birthing center, it's still 98% will be giving birth in a hospital setting. And so mm -hmm. this message that I want to communicate, you can have a positive birth experience, which by the way, does not mean perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect birth. Um, that's not what positive means. It means that when you walk away from that experience and you look back on it, you go, oh my goodness, that was amazing. That's the hardest thing I've ever done. Wow. It was so good. I wouldn't trade it for anything. No, it did not all go perfectly. Do I wish that this over here had gone a little differently? Of course, but I am good. My baby is good. When I look back, I feel a sense of awe and, and fondness of that memory. It was so monumental and amazing. You know what I'm saying? That is a positive experience. I, I got to choose the things that I needed to choose in the moment. Um, that's really what I want for everyone to be able to experience, whether it's perfectly following your birth plan or not, whether it is 
like for you, Erica, whether it's completely pain-free or not, it can still be a positive experience with all of the intense pain. It can still be positive. Yeah. And when I think about, like for me, as I did my kind of birth integration afterwards and was processing it, I do think that what stands out as me now being able to say it was a positive birth experience wasn't that it was you know, cause it wasn't pain-free. It had nothing to do with that. It was really right. that what I wanted was honored and that I, right. for me, I wanted to be the authority in the room. Like I wanted to call the shots and make all the decisions. And I felt like I was in charge. I could be wherever awesome. I wanted to go in my, you know, house and in the shower, out of the shower, on the bed, you know, like I felt yep. full freedom to be myself and to like, I'm a, a lot more private person too. So I felt a lot, that was a huge win too, because I didn't have everyone like surveillancing me. And I think that kind of goes back to know yourself. That's really important to know yourself and like, where are you going to feel safest? Where are you going to feel the most free to let happen? Whatever's going to happen. And I think, you know, how that kind of pairs with just the normalcy. I think it is more challenging to accomplish that in a hospital setting because the association, we don't get admitted into the hospital for being normal. Like that's right. in any other context that doesn't happen. And so even right. just like you're pulling up and you're getting checked in and you're putting on the gown, it's hard to kind of mentally not go to like, something's wrong with me and I'm sick. So I, I think that's an important thing to think about, but if that is the setting that you feel the safest in and the setting right. that you're choosing, and you feel like that is hundred percent, like what you want, I think it is really helpful to have like what you're saying, somebody like you there who can help remind you in that setting that this is a normal process and you are okay. And because it's hard to like mentally click in with the idea that it's normal when it feels unlike anything anyone has ever described to you, like anything you've ever experienced. Right. I mean, I even thought that too. I had listened to so many birth stories prior and I, once I went through my birth, I'm like, there was something they did not tell me. Like they were holding something back. And I realized it's not because that they did that intentionally. It's that there's a part of it that cannot be given in words. It's so experiential. That's right. That's why it's so, it could be hard to wrap your mind around the idea that it's normal because it doesn't feel normal. And it feels like you're dying. At least that's how I felt. Erica, it is unlike anything else, but it's still normal. Right. It's still a normal part of life. It's a unique experience for sure. And if it's your first time, it's not a familiar experience, but it is still normal. Right. And embracing that more that normalcy really reminds you, I'm a person. <laughs> I really am a human being just having a baby. And that mentality, being able to think of it in that way, man, there's just a lot of power that comes with that and and a lot of strength that is gained to embrace it and look at it in that way. Your approach, the contractions is different. Your mindset surrounding delivery is different when you're able to grab hold of that, when you're able to be distracted between contractions, having just, you know, your contractions over and continuing the conversation about where are y'all going for your Christmas vacation, you know, it's, that's a normal conversation that you have with a friend at lunch. See, that's what I want to bring. I want you to feel like you're still yourself because you get to that point in active labor and now you're headed into transition. Oh my goodness. You don't resemble any of yourself whatsoever. It is very primal. <laughs> it is a uh, very uh, raw. It is very vulnerable and there's not going to be many other situations that you feel the way that you feel in that moment and that you act the way that you act in that moment. It is very unique and very different, but it is a normal part of our journey in giving birth. And uh, I, I think it's helpful when you have someone that recognizes active labor headed into transition. Oh my gosh, I think I just turned into a monster, you know, but still someone saying, you've got this. You're doing it. We are right around the corner. I know that you're in transition. This means you're about to be pushing. Everything's going to change. Hang on. We got to get through this contraction. You know, I think that that 
helps the mind. And it is, it is a mental game at the end of the day. It's completely a mental game. Yeah, it is. It totally is. And I think that is one component. Now, if I were to recommend to someone who hadn't uh, given birth before, what would it be like the most helpful thing? I actually wish for myself, I would have attended at least one birth because mm -hmm. I think that would have been a better relay of what it's like than just reading books about it. Yeah. But I think that's part of what makes it feel less normal. Honestly, like you said, is the fact that 98% of women are in the hospital giving birth right now. And it's out of the home setting. Like you were describing your home births with lots of family around and lots yeah. of like, I mean, in that you were attending births as a young 19 year old. Yeah. So that, that I'm sure helped to a degree of it feeling more normal because we're 100%. in a home. It's yes. my sister. It's my whoever. And so yeah. even just like familiarizing yourself with like the sounds and like the, all the different things that happen kind of for a birthing woman makes then when it comes your time, I think that helps that would have helped me to realize like, oh yeah, yeah. this is how they sounded. This is what they looked like. It's yeah. not crazy and weird because I shared when I was kind of writing out our outline that in my story, like our neighbors called the police because they heard the birthing sounds and I we can't didn't even imagine. Yeah. And we so forgot wild. to close our windows. Yeah. And so we had, we were on like the third story of our townhouse in our bathroom and I, no one told me that I was in transition. So I totally missed that memo. I don't know if I had ring of fire. Like nobody said anything. It just all blurred together. But I think I was looking back on that when the police showed up and were yelling up at us from the window. And so, mm -hmm. I mean, like, and they were like, you know, is everything okay? Does your wife want you to come up or us to come up? And my husband's like, you know, do you want them to come up here? And I'm like, are you crazy? No, like, I'm totally fine. Even though I wasn't, you know, so it's like, yeah, I was yeah, fine, yeah. but not at the same time. So but afterwards, like I felt really like embarrassed to go outside and see my neighbors. I didn't know exactly sure. which neighbor called, yeah. but just that sense of like, to a lot of people now, like birth is something that's siloed to like medical professionals right. that I felt really abnormal to have gone yeah. through that. And like the neighborhood heard. If we shared a little bit more of these stories, women might feel a little bit less embarrassed about yeah. all the crazy stuff. Cause I never heard the crazy stuff. That's a perfect example of what I want people to come away with after reading things in my book. They start connecting some dots that maybe they wouldn't have on their own. That is really my hope. And, and you know, the positive birth stories, uh, my podcast, My Doula Micah, there's so many, I mean, I'm interviewing people all the time and past clients sharing about their birth stories. And you're going to hear in these birth stories that they are not perfect. I mean, they're sharing the good, bad, and the ugly. But what you also hear is a woman who is very happy with her birth experiences. It was positive. And there are a couple of my uh, uh, people that I interview, I was at all four of their births and they're all four different, you know? And so they can't all be, they're not all perfect if they're all different, right? They're, they're, they're unique. And I think that that's important, you know, within when you're approaching childbirth to know, like I said, at the very beginning of this, there's, there's not one right way to give birth. There's just, there's just not one right way. Um, we're different people. Uh, even in the book, I talk about birth plans and it highlights different personalities and, and your birth plans even look different. Even if y'all all want the same thing, the way you communicated it is totally who you are as a person. And that will probably also dictate a little bit about what your birth is going to look like. It's going to have a, it's unique flavor to you as a person, as an individual. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I think if we could close on one thing for those first time mamas who are listening to this, expecting moms to be, what would be one thing you would advise that you think could help them ahead of time when they're thinking about their birth to not miss the lightheartedness and make it all a little bit less scary? I would say that <laughs> shameless plug, I would really grab my book and you can listen to my podcast. I think those uh, reading and hearing those different scenarios would, would really be beneficial for sure. Um, and I would say then that from there, my, my tip would be, you know, when you put together your birth plan um, and you know the things 
hey, I would really like all of these things. And I believe all of these things are achievable and that I can have this kind of birth, right? That's the mindset you want to have when you, especially if you're going to give birth in the hospital and you're going to be requesting things that are not standard procedure, but you know that you're well within your rights to have. Great. Go in knowing what is allowed of you. And that means there's nothing to fight for. Don't go in with this mindset that you're going to have to battle for what you want. If you know that you're allowed to have those things, there's nothing to fight about. They have no power over the things you have rights to. When you go in with, I, yeah, this is what I want. No, I don't want that. Then you're not going to feel pressure and that you have to fight for something when you already know, I don't have to fight for what I already have. This is mine to have. I already know that, you know? And so now the, the tension from that, is removed. That really does help. And then as you are approaching birth, when you're in early labor, ignore it for as long as you can. Stay at home as long as you can. And within your home, like we said earlier, you're going to feel more normal because once you get into the hospital, it just doesn't feel the same. It's just very different. And then really the best way to have a calm birth and a birth that is enjoyable where you can recognize and highlight these moments that are lighthearted and maybe even funny is that once you are through a contraction, you've, you've been breathing through a contraction, take advantage of your break. Recognize and acknowledge between the contractions that you're fine. You're absolutely fine. When you embrace that right there, and like I said, just have a normal conversation with whoever is in the room. It doesn't even have to be a funny conversation, just a normal conversation, you know, and, and forget that past contraction and don't dread the next one. Maybe you're listening to music. Um, maybe you're in the bath or the shower. Um, you know, just maybe you love to read, fine, read between your contractions, whatever it takes for you to recognize that you're okay, take your break, acknowledge your break. And that, in my opinion, is one of the best things that you can do to help promote that lightheartedness. Um, and when something happens, it's out of the ordinary. Somebody said something, uh, somebody tripped. I mean, I've literally spilt my coffee all over the, you know, all over the room before in a hospital. What I want you guys to see and hear is how beautiful that is to be able to chuckle at something in the middle of your childbirth experience, to be able to recognize, oh my gosh, that was hysterical. Honey, I can't believe you said that. You know, there, you know, I'm just being me. I'm just myself in the middle of this childbirth experience that's difficult and unlike anything I've ever done before and hard but I'm okay. I'm okay. You know, and, and the best time to do that is between contractions. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today and sharing your wisdom from your experiences as a doula and your own experience in this way that highlights the normalcy of birth, how it can, I mean, those really are the most memorable parts of my birth are the things that were kind of funny and weird, you know? Yeah. And I look back on that and you're right. There's just this quality between like my mom and my husband and I of like this insider. We went, we're like this little club, you know, we went through right. this really epic thing and we all survived and we all made it out, yeah. you know? And yeah. so just like be prepared for, like you said, to, to look for some of those things that later you're going to look back on and really cherish. They're going to be really sweet. Yes. So I would love if you could share what people can do to get access to your work and to join in your community, where, where should they go to find all the good stuff you have? Great. Thanks. My doula Micah is pretty much everything uh, that I have. It's very streamlined on purpose so that it's easy to remember and find me. That's my website. That's my Instagram. That's my Facebook, the title of my podcast and then the book is on Amazon, uh, The Humor in Birth, Stories and Insights from a Doula. That's how you find me. I, I'm excited to be, you know, sharing and helping more people than just in my local area. It's been really a blessing to be able to talk about the insights and the wisdom that I have as a doula and 
benefit way more people than I ever could using podcasts and all that kind of stuff to, to help benefit others. So yeah, I'm really hoping you guys got a lot out of this. Well, thank you, Micah. I will link up everything in the show notes for listeners and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks. You too, Erica. Thank you for listening to My Doula Micah. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube at My Doula Micah. We can also get connected at MyDoulaMicah.com. If you're interested in checking out my book, the link to The Humor in Birth, Stories and Insights from a Doula can be found on all of these social platforms. Be sure to share and subscribe. I'll be here next week, so please be sure to join me again. And this podcast was produced by Rogue Media Network. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.